0: Hello and welcome to The Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Edmond, and I'm joined, as always, by Shane Reeves.
1: Well, let's see. I've got a drink in my hand. I've got a
0: beautiful cigar I'm looking at. I'm surrounded by friends. It must be time to do a podcast. It must be. It's that time of the week. And you did mention friends, plural, so I think... Uh, First order of business is to introduce our second return guest ever. Uh, we are joined again uh, by Mr. Tim Hall. Greetings. The best way I
1: can describe Tim Uh-oh. <laughs> is if my daughter, thankfully I don't have one, but if I had one, and she was ever broke down on the road in the middle of the night without a cell phone working, I would hope you stopped. Yeah. I would hope it was somebody like you that would stop to get her.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I would certainly do that. I have plenty of duct tape, and uh, <laughs> that's only acceptable because it's duct- ta- hypothetical. Yeah, right. <laughs> duct tape and some uh, shovels, and no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I know. I appreciate, it and I certainly would. So, will is shattering my faith in you no. as we speak, sitting right here. But before you shake my faith any further, yeah. what are you gonna smoke tonight? You know what? I I have one uh, that's been in my humidor that I've been holding on to. Uh, for a little while it's it's uh, by robert caldwell it's called the eastern standard uh midnight express it's a maduro and uh fantastic stick we're really looking forward to getting into it on the on the uh, podcast tonight Now, where is Caldwell's, where is his cigars made? I've never smoked one of those. For the most part, the Dominican Republic, uh, he has his own factory down there. You know, uh, Robert started the business in Miami, Florida, uh, born and raised there. And and so uh, he's been in the industry a long time. uh, But almost all of his stuff comes out of the Dominican Republic, uh, this particular one. Um, is mainly Dominican, but it does have some some Nicaraguan and and uh, different things in it as well. Fantastic sticks has some Corojo and and uh, various tobaccos in it that makes just a excellent smoke.
1: That's, I've never had one of his. I look forward to trying them because that's really I love finding new cigars and trying new flavors. Dominican origin is not always my favorite, but it's one of those that if it's done right can be absolutely mind blowing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's you know the Dominican has its, its characteristics the same way that Nicaragua has its characteristics same way Honduras, uh, you know, and, and and San Andreas, you know, Mexican. Every every region has its own different characteristics that uh, and, and nuances that you get when you smoke from those regions and so um, the Dominican is one that that I I pretend I. I I particularly uh, enjoy uh, a lot from, and, and so uh, really excited about what Robert's doing and, and uh, uh, getting to work with him a little bit on, on a few things. And so excited about that too. And, and uh, you yes, know, especially he's got a new project, you know, we were talking about before we started with Jonathan Drew and, and uh, the, the new cigar. It's, it's, by all indications, it's gonna be probably the cigar, uh, one of the most uh, popular cigars of the year. Um, all Out Kings is a, a, a joint effort that Jonathan Drew and Robert Caldwell have worked on for some time and uh, so it, it went over very well at, at IPCPR last year pre-orders were just out the door and and uh, and it's just actually as we as we're recording this, uh, has just come to market. So uh, so very excited to see what happens with it.
0: I can't wait to get my hands on one of those. Yeah, it's it. Everything I've read about it, the reviews are great. Mm-hmm. It seems like an interesting cigar, so I'm really looking forward. But um,
2: big buzz, man, big buzz about it, and so uh, it's you know you're you're always reserved as. as us, we we know we, we hear hype all the time. We see hype all the time, and so you, you wonder, is something going to live up to the hype? Yeah, you, you know, because this is one that um, just anytime Robert puts out something, uh, it, it's it's usually you know you know very coveted. Everybody jumps on it. A lot of pre-orders, all that kind of stuff. But you take. The addition of he and and Jonathan Drew coming together to do something, uh, I mean, it was just insane to see the response at IPCPR and and how many people have just been going crazy to do something about. Hey, we got to have the cigar. It's all over social media. Uh, everybody's just. Uh, craving it, and uh, and so I, it's one that I I personally believe it is going to live up to and exceed the hype uh, because it's these 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 are two guys that they just don't they don't cut corners and uh, that's another thing that's kind of driven the hype on that particular cigar is that you know it was supposed to come out like five months ago but they've held it you know because the time was not right and and they said you know we're not going to this is not going to go to retail until it is absolutely ready and uh until it has both of their stamps of approval and and uh so it's it's going to be something else and i can't wait for everybody to get to try it excellent shane what are you smoking tonight well,
1: speaking of Jonathan Drew collaborations, I'm gonna be smoking an Indian Motorcycle by Debonair. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, when Phil Zange reacquired the Indian Tobacco trademark, he got with Drew Estates, and it's the Indian Motorcycle Ultra Premium cigar. Awesome. And I'm smoking the Habano tonight. I have some of the Maduros, and I like them. But for tonight, I just I felt like a light cigar, but a good quality. So I'm going with the Indian. What about you, Trey?
0: I am going to be enjoying uh, one of the latest offerings from Perdomo, which is the Factory Tour blend. It is a Nicaraguan Puro. I really, really like Perdomo cigars. But but even more than that, I really love their sun-grown wrapper. And that's the version. They do it so well. And... I, I hesitate to say better than anybody else, but they do it better than anybody else. And this particular cigar, when they first... Don't set our li- our mic on fire again. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm watching this time. <laughs> um, but uh, when this first came out, uh, it was only select stores. They're higher-end retailers, if I recall correctly, Um Luckily, most of we talked last week about you know what you look for when you walk into a cigar shop first time. Their predominance selection, at least here in the southeast, is usually pretty good. Um, but having the factory tour, some of their more limited releases is something that I always look for as well.
1: Well, and the sun-grown wrapper to me always seems like that perfect medium between Maduro and Connecticut. Kind of a it's probably a little closer to Maduro but not quite there. What do you think, Tim?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've uh my favorite uh Perdomo, if I'm gonna go grab a Perdomo and and I'm like I I just want the Perdomo experience, I go for the, the 20th anniversary Sun Grown is my absolute favorite Perdomo stick. Yeah you, know, you know and and they and they have I love several of their sticks but that that's there's something about that Sun Grown wrapper it is just it hits me in, in my sweet spot every time.
0: I'm I'm with you on the 20th anniversary sun grown. I think I've probably smoked three boxes worth of that cigar, um, and that's being fairly conservative. It's a <laughs> fantastic cigar.
2: It absolutely is.
1: Now, did you ever get to go on the Perdomo factory tour?
2: I, I've never uh, done the Perdomo factory tour, uh, but yeah, you know, I feel like I've been there. Uh, i'm friends with jeff godfrey the uh, the the area rep for perdomo uh and you know he's, he shared many stories uh and whenever i got in the business one one story that he told me actually impacted me so greatly uh was uh, of a factory tour that, that he was on and he had taken some customers and and different people in the industry down to uh to their factory there and and uh he said, as as they were all leaving, uh, their their sales uh, staff had had a, a sales team meeting, and they had had a time with the factory workers that were uh, just just the sales staff, and and none of the other guests. And uh, and Jeff was kind of a straggler, the last one going out. And he said one of the ladies stopped him, uh, grabbed him by the arm, and spoke in very broken English, uh, and said, you know, just expressed. Tremendous gratitude for for what he did in the industry, um, and because he, he, as he relayed this story, uh, it, it made me realize the impact that what we do as as people who work in the industry, as consumers, that there's a, a long chain effect that that are in that process but because simply because of what Jeff was doing there at the factory she was showing her gratitude because because the job he does allows her family to eat and to have a home and and to have health care and the, the various things that they have uh, simply because he goes out on the road whenever he's home and he sells the product uh, and she was just expressing how grateful she was to him you know and I, I, I kind of got a little tear in my eye just hearing the stories of the impact of the people in that in that country uh, and in that company uh, just by the simple fact that that we've do the business that we do in this industry and uh, really it was a touching story that, that impacted me greatly even though I wasn't there just his sharing of that story touched me It's really
1: a great thing when you get to know that one I love cigars that are made. By a master craftsman. Sure. Someone who's put in the 10,000 hours. We've all heard the 10,000 hour theorem. And someone that's put in the 10,000 hours. and um, Or excuse me, the 1,000 hours. Not 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. Are how many cigars? <laughs> that's a bunch of cigars. <laughs> the 1,000 hours and all. Which comes down to, I think, that's about 10 years worth of work. But... I love to hear from people that have put in that and have become experts in doing things. And then the emotional side of it that he is putting food on their tables, and that when I pin, you know, spend 12 bucks on an Indian, that I'm helping to feed somebody.
0: You know, and I, I saw on uh, Facebook this week uh, a, a local rep that we all know is down um, for a national sales meeting kind of thing down at his, his company's factory. And he got to try his hand at rolling cigars in the factory. And, and he posted a picture that I thought he a bunch of, of sticks laid out. And he said, I'm sure you can tell which ones I did and which ones the other person did. Which... I couldn't from the picture, but he said, yeah. you know, I truly appreciate now having experienced their job, having walked a mile in their shoes, the artistry and the craftsmanship that goes into every single one of these cigars.
2: Absolutely. And and I think, you know, we, we take for granted whenever we go in to a humidor and we see walls full of cigars, you, you know, and we're trying to decide which one we're going to pick you know, and we do finally land on one and say, "Okay, this is the one I'm going to smoke right now." We don't always consider how many hands have touched that cigar, to to bring it to that shelf. you, you know, from the person that planted the seed and that watered the seed and that you know monitored the growth, and then. Then the, the whole harvesting and curing and just there's a whole process where there's literally, you know, sometimes it's estimated that as many as 200 hands can touch a single cigar from from concept to completion.
0: So, and, and especially, you know, it's not like modern agriculturalism in, in the U.S. where there's tractors and there's combines right. and all this. So it is almost entirely done by hand. Sure. They may have a complex irrigation system. In some of the bigger factories that kind of help with the watering automation and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But that's about it. Everything yeah. else, the leaves are, are pruned by hand. The seeds are planted by hand. Like, all of this stuff. Absolutely.
2: Well, they're, you know, they have ladies to match the leaves, you know, so that they so that the wrappers all look the same and, and things of that nature. They say ladies do it because their their eyesight's better for colors and things like that is, is what they say. And so, uh, you, you know, it's, it is just... Like Shane said earlier, it's just it is a craft. It's it's something that there is a creator that that are making these things and that we so enjoy and you know we set them on fire and enjoy them you know. But there's been literally hours and hours and and tons of hands that have gone into making this one stick that I'm smoking here.
1: Now I'm curious. You've traveled more extensively than I have in the manufacturing process have you ever seen a lady that's actually a blender I've all, all the blenders I've ever known have
2: been men and have you ever seen a lady that does <clears throat> the tasting in the blending uh yeah I have seen some uh in I mean especially you know true Cubans they're 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 all uh <laughs> I mean a Cuban a Cuban palate is is amazing you know if some somebody that was raised and comes from that that heritage raised in that uh, in that family, in that tradition, they're all fantastic. One of my favorite boutiques that are out there is uh, Cordoba and Morales, uh, and uh, they they're they're out of Orlando now, but originally from from Cuba. And the matriarch of the family was the one who created their cigars. And and so, uh, which was a lady. She was a, the master blender, obviously, for that. And and uh, Z is the guy who uh, picked up and carried is carrying on the tradition now. But that tradition was started by by his grandmother. And so uh, so absolutely, there there are ladies that that have uh, fantastic palettes But of course, we hear more about the the men blenders. But uh, I couldn't really name a whole lot of. Of ladies that that are master blenders, uh, but I've run into many ladies that have fantastic palettes. Certainly, certainly could do it. And and uh, but I'm, I'm can you think of any off the top of your head, Trey?
0: There's none that come to my mind.
2: So I know there there's been many female projects that have gone into. Uh, you know, like uh, Yanni Garcia, which is Don Pepin Garcia's uh, daughter, and and so she's she's fantastic. Uh, also, the Cassata, uh daughters, uh, the oldest daughter is a blender as well, uh, and she's pretty well known for her blending. And so those are a few that come to mind. Uh, by and large, it's definitely more men blenders than anything else, like you said. Though.
1: Well, as we speak about palettes, and this is something that I want to understand more of, so I'm going to draw on your experience. I always love when we have Tim because I spend, you know, 45 minutes just picking his brain. But a friend of mine that smokes with me does not have a palate. I'll talk about tasting Sumatra or tasting the sun-grown versus the Maduro. And he just doesn't have the palate. Are there people who don't have it and can develop it, or is it something in his mind where he just it doesn't register that have you ever run across someone without a palate and have you ever helped someone develop one um
2: yes and no to you know in that order uh, i think <coughs> excuse me i think it's just a uh a physiological thing for most in, in most instances um yeah and i'm by no means you, you know qualified to to speak medically, as far as that goes, but but I think it's it's just a uh, uh, a physiological reaction. A person that doesn't have a palate doesn't have a palate for anything. I mean, it's just they don't, they don't taste the nuances of a steak or the nuances of fish or nuances of chicken or nuances of you know the same way they don't pick up nuances in a in a wine or or a, a beverage. You know, if if they're not picking it up there, they're not going to pick it up in a cigar um, in the. The opposite side of that, someone that, that tastes everything, it translates whenever they smoke a cigar. They're gonna pick up all those nuances. There are guys that I can sit down with and they can sit and they can just tell you they can cold draw on a cigar and they can they can pretty much tell you what tobacco's in it. I can't do that. You know, I d I don't my palate is not developed like that. Um and, and my palate is, is better sometimes than it is other times. If I've been smoking a lot, uh, my palate is not as good as it is whenever I'm fresh. You, you know, or uh, I seem to have a better palate when I have a full stomach. I, I taste more whenever I have a full stomach if I'm on an empty stomach i don't I don't taste the nuances of a cigar for some reason and I believe, so I have to believe that's physiological, not anything else and so uh if there's a there may be a way to develop it i'm I'm not aware of it uh, but I, I think it's more physiological than anything
0: I've been running into that a lot lately uh just because th- Anyone who's listened to the previous episodes of the show know that it's winter in Tennessee, but it's spring. Right. <laughs> um, one of the local newscasters called it January, and I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, but that's a, so. My allergies and sinuses and everything have been going haywire, and so some of my favorite cigars, um, like the Tennessee Waltz or the La Carama, both by Crowned Heads. Uh, you know, and some even some of the Prodomos like the, the the stout the the craft series stout mm-hmm. that that I my go-to daily cigars I just haven't been enjoying them as much I've been enjoying the you know the, the the habitual nature you know the relaxation I've been enjoying the process of smoking the cigars but the flavor has just been really falling flat and I haven't been impressed uh, as much lately and I know that that's me mm-hmm. Um so I, but it does make me wonder, you know, I know plenty of people who are making a very good living as graphic artists who aren't natural artists. they've just learned and studied and they've gone gone to school and they've just put in the thousand hours, and they've developed a striking aptitude for that uh, and it makes me wonder if. You know, going to factory tours and doing tastings and doing things like this, where if you're if you're studious about your cigar, and very few people approach a cigar with a studious mindset, I think. And but I wonder if approaching it that way, you could probably develop, even if it's not your palate, if you could develop the way to appreciate what the palate is, if that makes sense.
2: Right. Yeah. I I think. there's a guy named jose blanco i don't know if you remember jose or not but he's with epc now he's been in the industry a long time ernesto carrillo Uh, and jose does blending seminars one of the things i think is uh one of the best seminars i've seen uh anybody do and he'll actually bring in cigars that are uh just made up of wrapper, just binder, just filler, and let you sample each one to see the components that are in that cigar and say, so you kind of identify where the taste is coming from in that component of the cigar. And so... You know, you hear people all the time, well, what if the wrapper's so good, why not make a cigar completely out of wrapper? Tobacco or, you know, why do we have to have a binder? Why do we have to have filler? All these different kind of things. Because
0: you don't want to pay $60 for a cigar. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, and too, it,
2: it wouldn't burn. It wouldn't burn correctly. Yeah. You, you've got all wrapper, it's just going to go up in flames. You know, that, that binder helps control the burn and that, you know, the, the filler, all those things. It, it, there is a science to the cigar. And these blenders, I, I'm fascinated because, like I said, I'm... That's why I'm not uh, a a master blender myself. Uh, But you got guys like, you know, Willie Herrera or uh, just pick one, pick pick a master blender. I mean, they go into it with a scientific uh, approach where, you you know, what there's like and, and forgive me for all of you gurus out there that know what uh, the the four parts of the tongue are but you know there there is there's a sweet part there's a salty part there's a, a sour part there's and a, a bitter and a bitter part yeah and, and so those four different things well they they craft cigars to hit each of those uh, parts of your tongue and and you can go to a blending seminar or to a tasting event with a master blender and he can he can say okay at this point you should be Experiencing this on this part of your tongue, and you should you know you'll be picking up this note or picking up that note, and uh, so there is a. Definitely a science uh, and a method to how they blend and what they blend, and uh, and possibly that would be a way to develop your palate. Uh, having someone to point those things out to you as you're experiencing it, and telling you what to look for. Maybe if somebody's identifying that for you, then you could start picking it up a little bit more. You, you know, maybe that would be a way to develop a palette. And it, that kind of reminds me,
0: you know, I know I, I'm a big wine guy and I know you are too, uh, Tim. And, and uh, back in the, the early 2000s, there was a, a bit of a, a move in the wine industry to shape glasses based on the type of wine that it was intended to contain. So um, because each unique blend, whether it was a cab or... And I realize it's not a wine podcast, so I won't nerd out too bad here. But um, depending on the not just the type white or red, but also the particular blend and grape and things like that, it's supposed to hit and accentuate its flavors based on the part of the tongue that it hits. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder if that... You know, the reason some people really don't like torpedoes, myself being one of those, or people that don't like box press or people that don't like figure out whatever it is, the people that get really hung up on different shapes of the cigar. I wonder how much of that could be what you're talking about, where the flavor of the cigar is not hitting that person's palate in the physical sense of their tongue in the right area.
2: Sure, absolutely, and and then you couple that with the style of cut that they do right. as well. If they do a straight cut, if they do a V cut, if they punch it, it's going to give give a different experience. It's going to render a different experience. The same cigar will, will render a different experience with the type of cut you give it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's going to affect the draw. It's going to affect the amount of smoke. You know that that you get out of it. It's going to affect everything. And so, a cigar is not just a a binary you, you know experience i mean it's multiple it's it's sight yeah you, you know it's feel it's taste you know it's it's there's m- multiple senses involved in it uh and so it's going to create uh I, I mean the atmosphere that you're smoking it in mm-hmm. y- y- you know that's that's going to to make a difference in in your experience yeah i mean when
1: i'm smoking one on the beach in mexico it's the, a bad cigar can still be pretty darn good. Absolutely.
0: Well, it's like there are some, you know, there, and, and I'm sure everyone has had this experience. There are days when you're on the golf course and you're just, you know, you're shooting par. And what I'm pretending here, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've you know, one of those days. you're uh-huh. just having a great day and you're smoking not the best cigar you ever smoked, but it is the best cigar you've ever smoked. Yeah. Um, You know, kind of like you're talking about, sometimes the experience makes up for anything lacking in another portion of the cigar.
1: Well, and I think that's from a big picture, not to get too existential, but from a big picture, the cigar is an accessory for life. It really is an accessory. It's a conversation starter. It's a nice, just relaxing means. You know, I've said before... My wife and I spend more time out here on this porch than anywhere in this house because we enjoy smoking a cigar and playing poker and on the weekends we wheel a TV out here and we watch, you know, Game of Thrones and catch up on everything like that. By the way, I'd like to somehow turn my stone gargoyle into a lighter. (laughs) That'd be really cool.
0: The flame come out to here. (laughs) Yes, I'd like the
1: flame to come out. I I just think that'd be nice for everyone. I purchased a stone gargoyle when I was in New Orleans and he stays on my porch i've got a owl to keep birds off i've got a hawk to keep mice off and i've got a gargoyle for evil spirits
2: it's a little bunny rabbit sidekick so (laughs) yeah he's
0: he's to keep the grass green
1: (laughs) but so we're gonna take a break here in just a few minutes and when we come back i do want to talk to you some about your career before this okay um, the music industry, if you live in Nashville, mm. you either know a songwriter or have one sleeping on your couch. Right.
0: <laughs> or and, both.
1: Or both. All right. All right. <laughs> and I just want to, I'd love to get some road stories from you about that. I know that's not necessarily cigar related, but I. Okay. I just love hearing those. Sure. So we're going to step away and we'll be back.
0: The Cigar Cast
1: presents Cigar Etiquette Tip of the Week.
2: Hi, this is Tim Hall with a tip on how to treat your rep at an event. Your rep is there to show you his latest wares, to show you the latest things that are coming out for his company. So take time to listen, take time to explore, and take time to try what it is that he has to offer.
1: to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves. We're sitting here on this beautiful evening,
0: good cigar in our hand, and I'm sitting across the table from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We are still joined by Tim Hall, one of our favorite guests. I'm going to say that about all of our guests, I've decided. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But in this case, it's actually true. Now, Tim, we had you on uh, about four weeks ago or so, uh, and... What our listeners don't know is that that day we actually sat down and recorded two episodes. We we knew that you had a wealth of knowledge that it was going to be more than could be contained in one episode. And what unfortunately our listeners didn't have the opportunity to hear, is you setting one of our microphones on fire? <laughs> and I and I made a reference to it um, earlier in the show, but what came out of that was a story from your life in the music industry, which Shane teased earlier, um, and I was hoping you would kind of share your flair for the pyrotechnics with the audience.
2: <laughs> well, for uh, for full disclosure, yeah, in that in that last episode that 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 happened uh we were for the benefit of the audience we were lighting our cigars and i was quite enamored with the cigar i had and i was holding it really close to the microphone for effect so that they could hear me lighting the the cigar uh but i was i was noticing man it was the thing was blazing up i was like wow this is I've never seen it blaze up like that. Next thing I knew, is actually the microphone itself, the, the windscreen <laughs> on the microphone, and uh, I'd set it on fire. And so that was quite a. In in all my years of of uh, being around microphones and working in the music business, I've never lit a microphone on fire. So it it took you guys to bring that out of me. So. <laughs> <laughs> we always bring out the best in us. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> but we were talking about when I, you know I started uh, in. Uh, the Christian rock world. I was a musician, and and uh, one of the stories that I, I shared, that probably for my affinity for for fire and smoke, uh, we had a band that that had uh, we were doing a concert with, and they had loaned us uh, some. They call them flash pots, and uh, they look like these little mini uh, Roman candles on a base uh, that you know, they, they gave us like six or eight that would stretch out in front of the stage and you would load them with, uh, basically it was, it was a powder, something like gunpowder that, uh, you would, you would, once they were loaded, you would turn a key on, on a mechanism and it would send an electrical charge through and it would cause a flash to come out. And so, uh, we opened up our concerts, uh, with a song called fire. And, uh, so this these friends had, had lent us these eight uh flash pots for this big show we were doing and uh <clears throat> and so it was my job to load the flash pots um uh, I'd seen people do it before uh but I didn't I didn't realize you know exactly what was in it but the guy said hey it's it's simple just stretch them out across the front of the stage connect these cables and uh there's it, it's written on the on the bottle what to do and and so uh he said he said i wrote a note and stuck it on there and i said okay great and so i get the bottle and the the bottle says says put a cup of powder in each one of the put a cup of powder in the flash pots and so i was like okay so i go and i put a cup of powder in each one of the flash pots and uh and and we go and we click off the song, you know, one, two, three, four, pa-da-pow. and when the pow came, uh, it was literally a wall of fire that went ab- about 30, 40 feet in the air, burnt the roof of the the venue, burnt the carpet off the front of the stage. Uh, y- y- you, know, it made the flash pots look like, like little flowers cause they had, you know, kind of exploded, uh, and it was the most incredible effect that you know we were the entire band was blind for like the first eight minutes from the flash <laughs> you, you know that went but uh, it was only after the show that you know the guys came to me and said what did you put in there and I said I, it said put a cup in a cup in there it said a cap <laughs> not a cup a cap <laughs> uh, and so instead of putting the, the cap full in each one I put a cup full in each one and and uh, I lived on in infamy as, uh, you know, the Flashpot King or whatever. So. <laughs> and they have, they never asked
0: you to fill another one ever again, did y- they?
2: You know, I never had to do it again. Uh, <laughs> you're absolutely right. That
1: was well, a just, one and done. Just hearing the story, you know, we have muzzleloader season here in Tennessee, but. I think Tim why don't we rifle hunt together this yeah, year go right. no rifle hunting with me yeah yeah absolutely absolutely man. Tim
2: shows up yeah. with a blunderbuss yeah, you, yeah. You, you don't want me around black powder trust me so.
1: now coming back to the cigar well I, I love that story after you told it at the last show I'm like we've got to get him on the air to tell that story cause yeah. we affectionately refer to it as the white snake story. yeah the white snake that's right that's right but, so tell me, where is your favorite place to smoke a cigar?
2: You know, I, I mean, I have multiple places that I enjoy. Uh, uh, you, you know, like, like you were saying earlier in the show, uh, on the beach in Mexico, one of my favorite places is uh, my wife and I and, and our friends, we cruise a lot. Uh, and so I love, there's a little port that we go to sometimes in Honduras called Isla Rattan, uh, and I love to just sit there on the beach in Isla Ratan, Honduras, and smoke cigars. I don't know what it is about that location. I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. But when I'm home, uh, my absolute favorite place is on my front porch, on my patio. Um, cigar smoking came into my life, you know, many years ago, and it came in at a time in my life when I was, I was a self-employed businessman. Uh, And I was constantly working. Uh, Even when I was at home in my recliner, I had my laptop. Uh, You you know, I was on the phone. I was doing something. But when I started smoking cigars, I started going on my... My wife wouldn't allow me to smoke in the house. still doesn't. uh, So I'd always have to go out on my front porch uh, and and smoke. And so uh, at that time, I had young daughters that realized that daddy was going to be sitting still for a couple hours in one place without his laptop, without his phone, just sitting still, not doing anything. And so uh, they started coming out and sitting with me when I did that. And so it became a uh, kind of a family tradition to have, we just called it porch time, you know, and, and we would gather out on the porch and they would tell me about their day and Uh, about the things they were wanting to do and uh, we make plans for the weekend or for for parties or for vacations or whatever it just really my cigar time became family time Uh, and so it it really uh, it was sad that it that it took that but it made me realize that hey you know I really do need to just take time and not do anything but focus on conversation with my children and, and with my wife too and so uh, so that was something great that came out of cigar smoking for me is it actually got me to slow down sit still and have conversation and I think because of that it showed me the value of, of relationships that could be built in my family and that translated also into my relationship with friends and understand that that uh, you know I could go and sit down and have a conversation with people over a cigar Um uh, and and just talk about things that didn't matter, or talk about things that really did matter, and uh, and so I, so any time is a great time to smoke a cigar for me. I love to smoke a cigar, but but if I had to narrow it down and I could only smoke one place one time, it'd be on my on my patio with my family. That's my absolute favorite. You know, one
0: of the things I, I love about that story that you tell is that it reminds me of a similar um, time in my past where I, I remember. I don't remember every cigar I've ever smoked. I don't even pretend to. But one of the most memorable cigars for me was a uh, was a Camacho Triple Maduro back when they first came out and they were still in the, the pyramid-shaped box.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And I was living in this podunk town at the time that I had to order my cigars online because there was no local shop. The, lo- the nearest place was an hour and a half away. And it was the night I found out I was going to be a father. Wow. And so as uh, to keep it a family show, I will say I was in the afterglow, (laughs)
2: um,
0: not from the offending incident, but, uh, (laughs) um, but offending to who, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it was several weeks later and, but it was similar scenario. And as was my habit at the time, we, um, retired outside so that I could enjoy a cigar, and that was when, that was when I found out. And there was—I I, of course immediately put it out, just because you know you don't smoke in front of a pregnant lady. But uh, there's something so ethereal about a a moment, and I mean a moment with a capital M. You know, just something. And 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 for me, there's so many of those that involve cigars. There's so many times where, you know, people say, like, the moon landing or the uh, 9-11 or whatever, um, say, I'm trying to good and bad, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. But there are so many things that people say, I remember where I was when. And there are a lot of those scenarios for me in my personal life where I remember what I was smoking when.
2: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I have... It, and that, that's so great. I mean, Shane, I, I remember, uh, did something very nice for me uh, a few years back. It was the, the night that Derrick Henry was, uh, he won the Heisman. Uh, anybody that knows me knows I'm a big Alabama fan, and we were over, my wife and some friends of ours were over at Cheddar's watching the announcement. We were eating and watching an announcement, and, and uh, uh, it Derek Henry was named the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, and we were like, oh man, we were so excited. And so we left there and went to our, our favorite cigar shop, you know, and, and when we walked in, Shane and, and his wife were there and, you and other friends and, and Shane, Shane looks at me, he goes, hey man, I know it's a special night, I'm gonna give you a special cigar for, and I was going there to get a special cigar because it was a special night for me. And he pulled out a Ratzilla, had me a Ratzilla from, you know, Drew Estate. And, and, uh, and I was like, wow man thank you so much this is something because it was it was a a historic night for for me for Derrick Henry winning the Heisman Trophy and Shane helped me celebrate that by giving me a very special cigar that that I couldn't I couldn't go in that humidor and buy it because they didn't have it you know it was one that he had so
1: moments like that are part of what I love Um, I got the I consider it an honor when I get to make somebody's night a little better with a cigar when Jim Labriola, our friend, he played Benny on Home Improvement, right. he goes to our shop before he moved to Arizona. Yeah. Um, when he got the announcement on Facebook, he posted that he was getting to play Carnegie Hall. And yeah. I went and bought him a League of Nine that night and brought yeah. it to him and said, here, congratulations, there's only a handful of people ever get to do that. Right. That's right. And, you know, it was a $20 cigar, but it was a million dollars worth of somebody really cares about what I do in my life. That's right. And that to me, that's just irreplaceable. If, if you ever have the opportunity to extend something like that to somebody, that just it don't get no better.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to the whole, you know, the, the idea of cigar smokers being a brotherhood. And, you know, anybody that's, and I've talked about it before, but there's, you know, the online presence of cigar smokers is the brother of the leaf, right, and sisters right. of the leaf. But it's that, that fraternal, and and being able to... And it doesn't always have to be a dollar amount. It can be something that's rare or something that's unique sure. or something that means a lot to you. But there's something about uh, being able to share a moment in someone's life with them over a cigar that's right. um, that, to me, just makes it a community unlike any other.
1: Yeah. Well, and everyone's heard me, heard me do it. I'm a student of manhood. I think... As men, one thing that we don't do well in modern society is cheer each other on. Right. We don't have a good record of being male cheerleaders right. for one another. And I love to light a cigar and sit down with somebody and just say, hey, tell me about your new business. Tell me about how that's going for you. Tell me what you're thinking about that. And it's always rewarding because they always, it just pours out because you're giving them permission just to turn loops. Right. And over this man of a cigar, it's just, it's magical. It's something that I. It's a part of the cigar culture that I hope I never ever lose.
2: Absolutely, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, you know, I mean, you go back to even the Bible. You talk about the golden rule. You know, do unto others, you should have them do unto you. You know that that whole philosophy. Uh, I think if we would just take time to get to know each other and treat people the way that we want to be treated in life, whether I mean. We're in a in an age where there's so much division in our nation over politics and over social issues and uh, over all these things. You know, to to me, the golden rule is has not been if I like apple pie to give you an apple pie. That's that's not what the golden rule says. The golden rule says, "Do unto you as I'd have you do unto me." Well, what I want you to do unto me is give me something that I want. I don't want you to give me what you want. Give me what it is that I want. You may not like apple pie. You may like blueberry pie. And so, you know, if I really want to be a good a good person, a good human being, I should take the time to get to know Shane. I should get to know Trey. What do you guys like? Just because I like apple pie, you know, you may not like it. So I need to find out what kind of pie you like before I give you that pie. The same thing with cigars, you, you know. Uh, just take time to get to know the guy you're sitting next to or the lady you're sitting next to. And, uh, and because in order to do that, you, you have to invest something. You have to invest time. You have to actually care. And so uh, I think if, if there was a little bit more of that going on, there might be a little less argument going on. You hear,
0: uh, re- Repeal the smoking bans
2: That's that's, that's, the, right. that.
0: that's the moral of tonight's story That's right, that's right. Everyone
1: should get the set
0: and have a cigar That's right I like apple pie, by the way that's, Well, good, good, to know. <laughs> good to know I need ice cream with mine, Alamo Alamo, yeah, there you go or...
1: I'm all about it Now, as we're walking kind of through a little bit of life And this is what I really wanted when Trey and I first started talking about it And conceiving of the cigar cast Exactly what we wanted it to be. We wanted it to be where we not just talk about cigars, but we speak about life and speak to life and to men, um, because largely men are smokers. But there are lady smokers, and I'm working. Everyone out there listening, please cross your fingers for me. (laughs) I'm working on getting my wife in front of one of these microphones one night. Wow. And all, but I, I'm going to have to produce for her a list of things about me she can't tell the listeners. <laughs> Cigar Cast loses half audience one evening.
0: All, but, all two of them.
1: Yeah, 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 if one of you out there quit, we're, we're down. Come on, fellas.
2: <laughs> tell a friend. Pick up two of your audience, though. So, see? <laughs> That's, right. That's true. It's, it's all a WG matter WG. of perspective. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we doubled in size.
1: But. In seeking to expand our audience, we do always take a time every week and talk about a cigar under $8, and I have one for us tonight, and trade just gave me the look. I do have a cigar under $8 tonight. Let me reach up here and get it. That's all right, fellas. Don't talk while I'm doing
0: that. <laughs> we Just were leave. enjoying the show. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave that dead air out there. I'm, yeah.
2: I'm sure. But, As Shane approaches, the cigar under $8. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I would really like it to sound like the Wiley Cigar under
2: $8.
1: <laughs> Tonight's cigar under eight, cigar under $8 is a native of Nicaragua. It is a Nicaraguan filler and binder, but it does have a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. Um, these are cigars that when I first started smoking cigars kind of were a benchmark for me. It's an Oliva Series G Maduro Churchill. Hmm. Um, great cigar, $6.05 for a Churchill. It's a 50 ring gauge. It's seven inches long. It's a good long smoke. But the Oliva brand has always, it kind of marked for me the first of getting to that next level of cigars. You know, mm-hmm. I was at Baccarat, I was at CAO and then to Baccarat, and then started sliding up to Casa Magna and Oliva. Yeah.
0: And I'll, what do y'all think about the Olivas? Oliva makes one of my, one of my top five cigars is made by Oliva. And it is, uh, the, the, uh, the master blend. Mm, great. That is a cigar that you don't see it everywhere. It's it's very hard to find, but every time I can, I get my hands on as many as possible. Yeah. You see them a lot uh, around the holidays when Oliva releases their five pack, you know, gift boxes. There's always one in there. I definitely recommend picking that up if you want to try and experience a blend a brand's full profile. Um, but I've always had a I've always really enjoyed the V, the O, and the Master Blend, and they recently came out with. Uh, and I say recently, it was probably five years ago, the, the V Milano, yes. which I've I've oftentimes called the, the poor man's padrone. Mm-hmm. But I think that sells the Oliva short for how good it really is because mm-hmm. it's not trying to compete. It's not trying to be that, right. but it's every bit as enjoyable and flavorful. Um, and that is still, it's not top five for me, but it's top 10 easily. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the Melania V is my favorite Oliva, for sure. And, uh, you you know, strangely enough, that was one that actually came on my radar when it got the number one uh, cigar several years ago. Uh, It was one that I had not tried. I was like, well, you know, I'll try it and see. Uh, Because I wasn't a big Oliva fan, uh, nothing against it. There's just so many cigars out there, and you... You know, I've got a buddy that I smoke with all the time, and, he, and we were in a shop yesterday, and and he said, "Man, I get the same three cigars every time. But it's just one of these three I go to. We get in a ruts, and we do that." And, and Oliva, Oliva kind of just fell in that that category for me. That was just one that I I hadn't really tried a whole lot because I was just in a I'd tried everything else and was still working my way to it. But uh, when I got the number one cigar, the Milano V, I was like, "Well, I'll, I'm gonna give it a shot and see." I fell in love with it and just bought boxes of them. I mean, I just absolutely. Loved it. And then uh, when they sold, you know, uh, I guess it's been, what, a year or more now, uh, was wondering how that was going to translate. Uh, but I've smoked since since it's changed hands, uh, and the blends have stayed stayed just the same to me. I, I've not noticed any difference, which I was uh, very pleasantly surprised to see that. And and so uh, they appear to be a very strong, solid company that's going to be around for a long time and, and uh, great, great cigars.
0: And I've got to say, you know, I'm, I'm equally guilty about that, getting locked into a rut. Uh, I pretty much smoke the same cigars day in, day out, mm-hmm. about three, anywhere from three to five that are in my regular rotation. I yeah. will say this about Aleva, um well, also what I'm guilty of is being a slave to, to marketing. Yeah. And Oliva, I will say to their credit, you know, they prove that you don't have to have a fancy box and a fancy band and a, and to in order to move product. You know, they... But I tend to be drawn to the ones with the fancier boxes and things like that. Because I am, you know, a, a, an unfortunately, marketing does, you know, the the look of the box will grab my eye. Aleva is sure. one of those that I don't gravitate towards very often. Um for those of you listening at home, we're on the back end of a tarmac. Apparently, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's the Intimidator by Vertigo. It's a great lighter. Don't knock it till you try it. If it doesn't work for cigars, you can cook ribs. <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: an F-16 Tomcat trying to take off right behind us. Uh, <laughs> I need a spot weld on my axe. will borrow that. When we're done smoking here tonight, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. But, you know, so they don't have a lot of shelf presence, but it's a, it's a great cigar. Uh, and I think, you know, I think you can go one of two ways. And we, we could do an entire podcast on the, on the, the virtue of, of bland boxes and, and flavorful cigars versus the opposite. But uh, Oliva is one of those for me that they don't, you, you, you'll walk right past them more right. often than you look at them. Um, but it's definitely worth seeking out.
1: Oliva, like I said, they were always that next level cigar for me. And I will say, when it comes to the Christmas packs, you hit on something that is one of my pet peeves. I hate when they do a Christmas pack of cigars and they say, okay, here's a five pack. And it's five cigars, the exact same cigar, just shorter or longer.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate a strong word, but that drives me crazy.
1: Yeah, I always think, you know, just from a marketing perspective, put everything you have in there. It'll you be know, a sampler, I'm, yeah. Now, has anyone bought the the Tatawahe Pudgy Monster Box and smoked them yet? I'm really wanting to try that.
0: I have, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Tim. No. Um, I've actually never smoked anything in the Tatawahe Monster line. That is something that I definitely know I need to mm-hmm. to rectify because every every year you know they come out with the new monster series and they right. release them usually around Christmas, and and it's just it's one of those things that scares me off from a price point I think, um, but don't get me wrong, tatuahe makes some of my some of my favorite cigars, but I've I, I would love to get a get a hold of one of those.
1: Well, and I do have a box of Freddy's. Freddy Krueger's that I won so we'll definitely have to share one of those especially as it comes a little closer to Halloween there you go <laughs> <laughs> it be an excellent time
2: I tell you I would, I would recommend if you can two because every year that blend changes you know uh, my favorite two personal Jace, the Jason and the Jekyll those are the two that I so if you can find those iterations of it uh, I was just recently down in Destin Florida and uh, there's a great cigar shop down there Harbor Cigars in Destin um uh, Marvin's a fantastic guy down there, and he, he always has back stock of hard-to-find cigars. Uh, and so he had, he had the 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. Oh, well, and, uh, and so I got the Jekyll, uh, and it, it was just fantastic. Fantastic. Highly recommend it.
1: Well, also, um, I have to stop the show for a minute and congratulate Trey this week. He won the now Crown cigars poker game last wow, night.
0: Wow, congratulations. Two weeks running, wow, I have to say. Wow, that's yeah. awesome.
1: And came from nothing. Oh, really? From all in, Chip in a
0: chair, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> came from nothing and won. Someone actually put a very nice padrone in there. Is it a
0: 64? It is a 64 number one. Wow. Yeah. Um, I th- that's why I really appreciate the fact that the beer does flow in that shop because right, yeah. the person that put that in had been there for a while. Oh uh, my goodness! <laughs> we probably should have given him two buy-ins for that one. Right. Um, but you actually bring up something that I wanted to give a shout out to a very dear friend of the show, Austin Huff. We had him on a couple of uh, weeks ago. He has now officially taken over the cigar shop that he talked about purchasing and for anybody that is in the local listening area to the Franklin uh, Tennessee or Nashville area definitely recommend you come down to Britwood and check out Crown Cigars and Ales. He's got passion for the industry, he's stocking the humidor, he's going to do amazing things and go in there, find, you know, say hi to Austin and let him know that you found out about the shop from shop from our show because he knows that we're really proud of him but we want to make sure and share the love
2: absolutely great guy great store 1800 caruthers parkway franklin tennessee it's a fantastic shop you'll most likely run into some of us there uh when you come by and i believe he also will ship he has some hard to find stuff sometimes and and so uh, you can call him directly to great guy 615 377-7727 Three seven 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 two seven. that's the one is the number there so uh, yeah hook Austin up he'll hook you up
1: Austin's a great guy I'm really proud for him and that he's moving into that and we're we keep joking that we're gonna have him back six months in the business, and he's gonna have aged
2: twenty That's years. That's right. <laughs> kind of like a president, you know. Yeah. He goes in with black hair, comes out with gray hair. You know. Yeah, yeah a absolutely. Stiff breeze knock him down, but no, he's been around the industry long enough. He knows what he's in to, in for. So he's a very knowledgeable guy. Great, great heart, and uh, really excited to see what he's gonna do with that place. And if you
1: kind of want to follow our adventures. Please like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast, or on Twitter, it's The Cigar
0: Cast, our website, TheCigarCast.com. Also, Instagram? Yes, Instagram at The Cigar Cast. And I actually just posted a picture of Tim when he was waxing soliloquies for us oh, earlier. Wow. So, um,. Mentioning the time that he was in Whitesnake, apparently. And, uh, <laughs> well, you knew that by the hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and, and I also want to mention, uh, new this week, uh, if you are on Skype, We have set up a voicemail box on Skype, so you can call in The Cigar Cast. Just search The Cigar Cast on Skype, and you can find us. Leave us a voicemail, whether it's a comment, a question, or um, just any other feedback that you want for the show. Uh, If it's something that piques our interest, you may even hear yourself on the show.
2: That's awesome.
1: Well as we land this plane tonight, Tim, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for first, thank you for being a good friend to us. Thank you guys. You're outstanding okay. friend. Well I just bring joy to my life when I walk in the shop and well, see you sitting there. Same here. Thanks for coming and being on the show with us. Trey, thank you for all the hard work. In case y'all didn't know. Trey does all the heavy lifting. I just, I'm just here for good looks, go. eye candy,
0: a little something for the ladies. Speaking of eye candy, I want to throw this out as a teaser for next week. Uh, next week is Saint Patrick's Day, so we are going to have Bo Ladner back on, mm-hmm. and the three of us are going to kilt up. Oh my! As gosh. we are wont to do, we are going to drink Guinness, smoke. Candelas, as is kind of the industry to tradition around that holiday. We are also going to be Facebook-living that episode. So I will be posting some updates throughout the week so that you'll know when that is going to be recorded. You'll be able to uh, not only see us in all of our grand uh, grand nature, but also be able to hear us as we're
2: recording. That'll be awesome. i tell you, if you can get Bo to make you a Guinness milkshake, that's... That's the ticket right there. Have you ever had one of Bo's Guinness milkshakes? I've
1: not had one of his, but I have a Vitamix blender. I need to just get some vanilla ice cream. Just
2: just tell just tell him you want Guinness milkshakes, and he'll hook you up. He's uh, he's the king of it. So. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, uh, all
0: of that and more next week. Thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you next week.